You know, it feels like it's already in the afternoon. But good morning, church. I'm Pastor HK. Welcome to our Sunday service. Um, it is such a privilege to be here with you guys. Now, we're on our sermon series called the Original Top Ten, Strengthening Your Relationship. And today we're on week four. So that means that we're going to go over the fourth commandment, which is all about the Sabbath. Now, Sabbath is a time where you and I, we have to understand that when we hear the word Sabbath, I'm sure many of us instinctively think about Sabbath as a vacation, which is partially true. But today's message is all about you know, us knowing what Sabbath is um, from God's intention, from his perspective when he wove Sabbath into, the, into our lives. And so the two things I want to share with you guys that, that um, this morning that, that Sabbath is all about is Sabbath is, is, t- is a time for us to rest and remember. It's a time for us to rest and remember. And many of us are really good at the resting part. I mean, again, I share with you that, I mean, the moment we hear the word Sabbath, we want to just take a vacation, maybe you know, have a getaway weekend, something like that. So I, in a way, I think some of, many of us, we're pretty good with this word resting. But Sabbath is also a time where we have to remember who God is. And also this concept of rest is such a holy, holy rest that we have to find rest in God instead of, you know, without God or, or outside of God, if that makes sense. And so and on top of that, I mean, when we hear the word rest and everything, you and I, we're created where we have to sleep at least, what, seven to eight hours a day. I mean, some of us, you know, we might get a little less or more depending on our, um, I guess, age that we're currently in. But Whatever it may be, we usually need at least a third of our day to rest. Because you and I, we know that if we don't get our, if, if we don't get our rest, we're going to be cranky. Or even our loved ones or people around us, they're going to be cranky. So it's going to be a very long day. And so today we're going to go through multiple passages. And we're going to see how God intentionally, intentionally wove Sabbath into our lives. So the first text I want, to, I want us to read comes from Genesis 2. Genesis 2, verses, verses 2 to 3. And maybe many of us have heard this story. And so it says this. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is a creation story where God, I mean, God, what, ha- what happened the first six days of the, of the creation story? God created everything, everything that you can possibly think of. He created the heavens and the earth, the stars, the sun and the moon, you know, the ocean, the, the, the land, trees, I don't know, vegetations. I mean, you name it, animals, and even us, mankind. God created everything within those six days period. And I just want to affirm that God was not huffing or puffing when he was making all of it. Like he wasn't tired and weird where, man, I need to take a beat, a big rest. I just need to rest from all the work. Like he, God wasn't like that. This verse right here, Genesis 2, really shows that God intentionally, intentionally placed Sabbath into the rhythm of our lives. Because God knew that his creation, us, the humanity, we need to rest or else we're going to snap in half. 
that you and I, we're not called to constantly work. I mean, we're, ca- we're called to work hard and, and, and be diligent with it, but we need a time to rest. So God knew that. God, with his infinite wisdom, he placed Sabbath in our lives. And, and notice how in verse 3, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested. So he made it holy. He set it apart. He intentionally said on the seventh day, all you creation, you're going to rest. You're going to rest. And, and this is a holy, sacred day. Now, what does that mean? It's a day where you and I, we get to, again, just rejuvenate, but also a time where we can worship. Worship our God. And so the second scripture actually affirms that. second scripture actually affirms this. And it comes from Deuteronomy 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 12 to 15. And it says this. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your town, so that your, your male and female servants may rest as you do. Now notice verse 15. Notice, this is very crucial. Verse 15. Remember, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Remember. Remember. This is, in Old Testament, when you guys read Old Testament, you'll see this word a lot, remember. Remember what God has done. And so even Deuteronomy 5, this is a text where God gave the Ten Commandments through Moses to the Israelites when God rescued them. From Egypt. And Egypt for the Israelites, I mean, it was it was not pretty whatsoever. It was a it would I mean they were slave to Egypt. I mean, it was a, a era of bondage and and hell in a way for them. They experienced gruesome season on their uh, during that time. And so when God rescued them, when God rescued them through Moses. He literally, with his mighty hands, he just reached out and rescued them. And God wanted to remind his people through the Ten Commandments, through the Fourth Commandments, God said, remember. Remember what I did for you. Remember my mighty hand and an outstretched arm that rescued us. And church, you and I, we have our own version of Egypt. Whatever it may be. Maybe some of us, we're experiencing our Egypt. Whatever, yeah, it could be. But you and I, we all experienced Egypt to, to a certain extent. We remember those days where life was very difficult, when all we faced were mountains and storms in our lives. But you and I were here because, why? Because of God's mighty hand and an outstretched arm that rescued us and redeemed us today. Now, the next two scriptures I want to share with you guys comes from Gospel of Mark and Luke. And this is going to be very interesting where we're going to read two different um, incidents where Jesus gets in trouble by the religious leaders. So just think about that real quick. Jesus gets in trouble by the religious leaders. Now, Mark 2, 
Verses 23 comes, uh, it says this, 23 to 28. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Jesus answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for men and not men for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is, is Lord even of the Sabbath. This scripture, I mean, we have to imagine this church real quick. We have to imagine this image where Jesus I mean, he's just simply walking. Oh, you can't really see from the teaching screen. But if you look at the main screen, I mean, Jesus is walking with his disciples um, through the grain fields. And, and they're hungry. I mean, they're 100% they're human beings. So they're hungry. They're tired. And they're simply going through the grain fields. And as they're walking through it, they just pick some of the kernels or the heads of the grain. And they're just snacking on it. I mean, from my opinion, you know, nothing wrong with that, right? Now, the Pharisees, the religious leaders who are scholars, I mean, they knew their traditional, their, they knew their tradition, they knew their culture, they knew the Old Testament, all the laws. They are witnessing all this. And as they're witnessing all this, their mind is just kind of going a little crazy from their perspective. What is Jesus doing? Because on Sabbath, again, as we read in Deuteronomy earlier, that they're supposed to rest. So from their perspective, they really believed that Jesus was working by simply picking the heads of the grain. And they said what? They said, why are you doing all these unlawful things? Why, what, what are you doing, Jesus? Think about that a little bit. What are you doing, Jesus? You know, as I read this scripture and as, as I was meditating on it, man, it, it, it's such an interesting question where, you know, the Pharisees were questioning Jesus when Jesus was the one who made Sabbath. And we're going to expand on that a little bit later. But so there's this tension right here in the scripture. And Jesus, in a way, in Mark 2, he reveals his lordship. And we're going to expand on that more. But now let's read Luke 13. Okay, so just put a pin on it. Mark 2, we're going to come back a little bit little bit later. But Luke 13 is another incident where Jesus gets into trouble by the religious leader. And Luke 13, verses 10 to 17, it says this. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who has been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, this is a very passive and aggressive statement, there are six days for work, so come and be, be healed on those days and not on the Sabbath. <laughs> the Lord answered them, you hypocrite. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 
long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bounder? When he said all this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he has done. Whew, look at this, church. I mean, we went from Mark 2 where Jesus is going through the grain fields. He picked the kernels and he revealed his lordship uh, to the Pharisees. But then in Luke 13, Luke 13, Jesus gives a, a very different response to the synagogue leader. Very stern, in my opinion, because Jesus started in verse 15. You hypocrites. So let's just read that verse 15 one more time. So the Lord answered them, and Jesus answered the synagogue leader, you hypocrites. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? And when he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things that he was doing. Now, we see this two very extreme response, uh, polar opposite response that Jesus gave. Before we go any further, I just want to have time for us to empathize the Pharisees and the religious leaders real quick. For them... From their perspective, I mean, these were passionate and zealous people. We have to acknowledge that, and we have to accept the fact that, I mean, these were smart, um, very smart people. Again, I share with you that, man, they knew the Old Testament. They knew all the laws and everything. And so from their perspective, I mean, they grew up in this culture, in this tradition where they have to really embedded all these laws, laws. And especially the Ten Commandments, they... From their point of view, they, 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 they knew that they had to uphold the Ten Commandments with such a high standard, with such a high regards that there is no gray area from that. There is no gray area of compromising the Ten Commandments. So when Jesus was breaking the Fourth Commandment, I'm, this is very important to air quote, when he was breaking the Fourth Commandment, I mean, from their perspective, they're just going crazy. It was a preposterous thing that they were witnessing. But Jesus takes this opportunity to teach the synagogue leaders, the, the Pharisees, that Sabbath, Sabbath is all about resting and remembering who God is. The Sabbath points to Jesus. The Sabbath points to Jesus. This right here, Sabbath, rest and remembrance, needs to point to Jesus, church. That he did not establish wolf, uh, wolf Sabbath into the creation for religious, rigid, religious, you know, uh, formality to oppress the creation. No, but Sabbath, it was established so that you and I, we can be renewed physically, emotionally, spiritually, so that you and I, we can be renewed and restored in God. And I can affirm that it was more than just some religious formality because even going back to the, to the two scriptures, uh, Mark 2, especially Mark 2, the whole concept of 
picking out the, the kernels. I mean, it wasn't an illegal thing that she just did. She didn't break any laws because in Leviticus 19 and Deuteronomy 23, it is clearly instructed that the farmers, they're not supposed to harvest all of their field. They're supposed to leave at least at the edge or the corner of the field alone for the people that are hungry. It's stated in Leviticus 19 and Deuteronomy 23. So it was very interesting, ironic, how the Pharisees who knew, who are very familiar with those texts, in a way contradicted themselves when they saw Jesus um, picking those kernels and, and said what they said. Because, I mean, because simply because from their point of view, they thought he was working. And we see in Luke 13, the, the scripture that we just read, I mean, Jesus said, you hypocrites, how can you say that I'm breaking the law, that I shouldn't be even healing this poor woman who was crippled for 18 long years? And Jesus gave a very practical response. And I believe that it, it struck the, the, the synagogue leaders. It struck them really deep because, I mean, they felt humiliated because, again, all of them were guilty of untying their animals to give them water. And so, in a way, Jesus took this holy opportunity, this moment where to teach the people to remind the people that Sabbath points to Jesus. Sabbath is all about us resting and remembrance in God. That's what Sabbath is. Sabbath is not a time where we get away from God. In fact, it is a time where we go near to God even closer. We have to remember that, church, that Sabbath is a time where we are not going on a vacation from God, where we are saying, I'm going to put aside my faith and, you know, do my own thing. I'm going to indulge and gratify my own desire. It's not a time of that. No, it's a time where we, in order for us to fi truly find true rest and true peace that we, all of us, desperately long for, then in order for us to experience that, we have to go to God. A time where we say, Lord, here I am. Here I am, God. I'm, you know that I'm weary. You know that I'm beat up. But Lord, you promise that when I come to you, that you'll give me rest. That you promise that you will give me peace. And in faith, I come and I just want to worship you and receive that. That's what Sabbath is all about. And for us Christians, you know, we make Sundays our Sabbath day. And I just want to quickly acknowledge for some people where, you know, some, I know that some people who, uh, they can't um, make Sundays as their Sabbath because of work. And I just want to acknowledge for any, any individuals that are out there that are in that case, I just want to encourage you that, even if Sabbath falls on other days of the week, I believe that God honors it when we honor the Sabbath that God has intended. I believe that God honors our Sabbath when we honor the way he intended for us to rest and remember who God is, who we are in him, remembering that God is the one who provides, that remembering, remembering that God is the one who gives us our daily bread. And today is a communion Sunday, and 
you know, as we prepare our elements this morning, you know, communion is such a holy, holy thing. It really is a holy day, a holy moment, because communion is all about remembrance. It's all about remembering Jesus Christ. And we just learned about Sabbath where it's all about remembering God as well. And I love in United Methodist Church, we have this tradition called um, open table tradition where even if you're not a member of the church, even if you're not a member of the church or you just attended the service, I mean, whatever the con- your background may be, that Jesus is inviting you to his table to dine with him. That if as long as you feel led and invited to, to receive this, to receive the elements, the table is always open. That his holy table is always open and it's always inviting our hearts to come and dine with him. You know, on the night that Jesus had his last supper with his disciples. I mean, he was with his 12 disciples, and man, he knew. He knew that every single one of them, they're going to desert him. He knew. Jesus knew that Judas was the one who betrays him. He knew that Peter was going to run away. He knew that 10 other disciples were going to flee the scene when he gets arrested. Jesus knew, and yet, and yet, church, this is a grace right here. He invited them to his table. He took the bread, and he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this, receive this in remembrance of me, in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup in front of the disciples that they were going to desert him. He took the cup and he said, drink this. This is my blood poured out for you, for you. Even though you're going to desert me, even though you're going to betray me, even though you're going to reject me three times, this is the blood that is poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. I personally believe that Sabbath has, this, has such a unique, strong connection with Holy Communion. Because when you and I, we receive the elements, when we receive this bread and the wine, I really believe that the Holy Spirit gives us this rest that we need. Rest that restores our minds, our heart, our body. And also a fresh revelation of who God is what Christ has done for us in our lives. It gives us a fresh revelation of the gospel. So church, if you're able, let's, we're going to pray over the elements and then we'll proceed. So let's pray. God, we believe through your omnipresence, Lord, through your presence, your holy presence, God, that you are with us right now. God, as you consecrate, as you sanctify the elements, oh Lord, we pray for just your 
mighty presence to fall fresh upon us. God, as we receive the elements, the bread and the wine, your precious body and your blood that was broken and that was poured out for us on the cross for our sins, for our past, present, and future sins, oh God. Let today be a day where we experience your grace, your mercy, your goodness, and your faithfulness like never before. Let it be a day where we experience your rest and we give you glory and honor to you forever and ever. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.